Welcome to Double Take <laughs> with Rick and Lori Fry. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I'm excited. I am too. Mostly because we like the music we so love much. The music. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Shout out to Gabe. Yes, Gabe Griffin. Gabe Griffin, who wrote this piece mm-hmm. for our show. So now we got to live up to the. <laughs> to the hype of the music. If, if you just if you want us to be quiet and you listen to the music, you just text us. Yeah. Find us on Facebook. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm gonna we're gonna dive in. We're gonna dive in. This is brand new. This is our first episode it of is. Double Take. It is. And yes. we are brought to you by Oneness Ministries mm. and Stream Grace Network. Yes, we are. So welcome. Welcome. Yep. We uh, we kind of, you know, we have two podcasts already on uh, for Oneness Ministries. Mm-hmm. Rick's is Rick Fry in Real Time. And the one I'm on with uh, Pat and Sharon is called The Three. And they kind of have their own flavor. And we wanted to do something that was a little bit different. We've been thinking about this for, what, two or three months? Mm-hmm. About how to start this and... Mm-hmm whether we wanted to do or not and what it was going to be what it was going to be mm-hmm. and i think what we want to do is have a conversation with each other mm-hmm. um the one of the things i thought about as we put this together is that like most couples we have communication issues <laughs> no <laughs> we do do we but the other other thing that is so good about our marriage of mm-hmm. eight years, going on nine, mm-hmm. good job, is that we also have some really deep conversations, and that to me is such a such a blessing in this relationship because we can go deep, we can talk about um, spiritual things, and we complement each other as mm-hmm. we have these discussions mm-hmm. so some of these things we want to share mm-hmm. with you guys mm-hmm. we do there's a lot of stuff that we um like you said they're deep conversations and we don't always agree no most, not always mm-hmm. most of the time though we do yeah except when you know when he's wrong we don't agree <laughs> which is apparently <laughs> frequently <laughs> no i mean generally it's yeah we we uh there's some things that are maybe a little more controversial or yeah. a little um, I don't know what the word would be. Edgy. Edgy. <laughs> We're so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of us, you think edgy. That's the first thing that comes to your mind. It is. Look it up in the dictionary <laughs> and there's our pictures. <laughs> so do you want to talk about some of the things that we are going to talk about or no, you want to talk about you and me first? Let's talk about you and me first. I'm okay. gonna, I have some questions that I wrote mm. and they're right now i i obviously know all the i know the answers to these questions but <laughs> i want you to get to know us mm-hmm. um and matter of fact that's the title of this podcast is it is um an introduction to, <laughs> to us that is so original <laughs> it's clever wow I this spent, is just a picture of what you're going to get from i us. spent seconds <laughs> thinking that up um mm. and, uh, of course also before we do that though obviously we're on staff together here yes. at Oneness. Ministry, and yes. Rick is in charge of the productions mm-hmm. part, which means all the documentaries and the podcasts and the videos and all the funny little, vi- you might have seen the funny little Three Wise Men video at Christmas. He did that, <laughs> which was so fun. Yes. So he does all that. And he also counsels, and I do counseling. Some. Yes. I'm trying to 
back away from counseling. Are you so. trying to lose people right now? No. Okay. I'm trying to gain people because of the quality of the podcast, <laughs> because true. of my commitment mm. to content and excellence and equipment, true. which is what I love to do. <laughs> you mean toys? No, there are no toys. There, there are all tools. All, we got a room full of toys up here. Come see them sometime. But we've, we've <clears> one <throat> of the things we did when we first started um, podcasting is we made a commitment mm -hmm. to um, acquiring and um, the best to make this to mm -hmm. make this high quality, mm -hmm. good sounding mm -hmm. um, podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how important that was because I had never listened to podcasts. And now that I listen to podcasts, I can go on. <laughs> we're sound way better than they do. We, well, I think we do. A good we job do. We do a good job presenting this. Anyway. And, okay. and back to what? And back to one is I do all the social media and the website and that sort of stuff up here. And mm -hmm. I do see clients as well. Yes. So, okay, now I'm done. Okay. For now. L Lori Fry. Little Lori Ann. Oh, dear. Did you have to say? <laughs> you just, did that on it purpose. It came right out. Mm, um, we'll talk later. What did you dream about when you were a little girl? <laughs> She's shaking her head. Well, if you're watching this, you can see They can see me shaking my head. Uh, uh I don't, I don't know, other than having a sweet, peaceful home mm. and somebody that loved me. And I dreamed about having kids. I'm a typical little girl. So there wasn't a lot of time to dream in my family. It was a little tense. Tell me what that means. Well, you know what that means. There was a lot of conflict in, in my house between my parents, especially yeah. with my mother. So it was a little... Um, not peaceful. Well, and you know, I think that's probably consistent with most families. Mm. I think there's always conflict in families. There's always yeah, but sometimes uh, they're extremely yeah. Sometimes they're extremely dysfunctional. And do you think yours was an extreme? My mother was extreme. Yes. Now there was not what you dealt with growing up. Well, I'm glad because mm -hmm. there was a lot of abuse in my growing up. Right. Yeah. But I did dream. Tell me. I dreamed about being an artist. That's did all I you? that's all I ever wanted that's to do. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah, I always dreamed about it. I mm. I and always I'm not only just visual arts, but I loved music mm. and I wanted to be a composer. Mm. But um we were very very poor and I just didn't have the opportunities to get to get lessons or to get learn music. You I weren't did, encouraged either. I wasn't encouraged, but I sometimes they. My mother bought me a clarinet. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so <laughs> I I learned to play it, and I was in band, and I wasn't particularly good at it because I I didn't have the discipline you need to to. Um, practice and to mm. learn the instrument because mm -hmm. I was always drawing mm. so there's the artist yep and so you were a professional artist for how long mm, 30 years maybe don't ask me it was before my time yep yeah, about 30 years mm -hmm. I did it professionally and you have a painting on permanent display at the state capitol I of do. Oklahoma I do That's and a, tell them where it is in case they want to see the, it it's on the third floor on the senate side yeah so go see it. That's go pretty amazing. It. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, so I guess that's, that's funny because when I was a little kid, I drew all the time too. Yeah. I wanted to be in art, but I couldn't paint 
at all. But I, I just, couldn't I either. I mean, I couldn't paint either. Well, but you did. But I learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I did. I always used pencils. I just always, mm-hmm. and then I started doing large format mm-hmm. pencil drawings. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about black and white is that people love to look at it, but they don't buy it. Mm-hmm. They oh. don't tend to buy black and white. They buy color because they're going to match their drapes and, and their, their couch. Sofa. I know you love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> So were you a were you a daddy's girl? I guess you weren't uh, a mama's girl. You didn't. You just said that you that was no. I my dad and I pretty much hung out where we would be away from <laughs> getting into trouble with my mother. We hung out. I hung out with him in the garage, and we'd go get the car worked on, and I'd go with him for that. And I hung out. I hung out with my dad pretty much most of the time until I got older, and then I just hung out in my room and stayed out of trouble. I did that too when I was. I, I, well, I didn't hang out with my dad. I didn't. I didn't. I, Your dad. My step. I was my stepdad, and he was kind of abusive and kind of angry. I'm trying to be nice. He's dead. <laughs> so. <laughs> trying, I don't have to be nice. You don't have to be nice. He's gone. <laughs> but um, when I get when I became a teenager, I wanted. To, I got a guitar, so mm-hmm. I would go into my room and practice that. I just played the stereo. Did you? Yes. Did and you get sewed. good at it? Yes. <laughs> it was excellent. And I sewed all my own clothes when I was in high school and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So So when you got out of high school, what did you want to do? What did you want to do when you got out of high I school? I had no clue. Really? So I went to college for a year because I was going to do commercial art. And then I got married. So I didn't do commercial art. But it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. So... You were a good student in high in school. I was an excellent student. <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> I was. You were the ones that I made fun of yeah. when I was in school. Yeah, I was one of those. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the weird thing is, we both grew up and went to the same grade school, high school, junior high, and high school. Mm-hmm. Not at the same time. No. Because he's much older than you I am, as eight, you can tell. Eight years apart. Or nine years apart. Mm, closer to nine. Anyway, but it's just funny that we lived so close to each other at one time mm-hmm. for a long time. And, you know, we didn't meet, obviously, until later We were like four or five blocks away from each other. Yeah. Growing up. Mm-hmm. I worked at uh, Brannon's grocery store. It was a sacker. In Del City. In Del City. Mm-hmm. And I was 16, 17, and you would have been... Six or seven. Six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about how weird that would have yeah, been. That would have been weird. See, anyway, that, you should move on. <laughs> should move on. Um, what what kind of well? Not how what come kind you're of, asking all the questions here? Because I'm the man. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say. See, this is what's going to be hard. Is what I would normally say. I can't say but to my advantage. <laughs> I don't like this very much. So okay, mm. you, we'll ask a question then. Mm. That is not a question. I'm thinking it's the brilliance. Mm-hmm. Is okay, the two wheels are turning. Um, what? <laughs> if you weren't doing this well okay let me back up now that you're you have all these toys in the production office up here at oneness what if if there was if money was no object and if you could just walk in and do whatever you wanted with production what would you do right now Um, beyond this beyond well first of all 
I'm having to learn all of this. Mm-hmm. It's a huge learning curve for how to make videos because you have to understand lighting, you have to understand color, you have to understand um, and uh, how to compose. It, it, there's a lot of elements that go into making a video that are the same that go into a painting. Um, you have to make it look interesting. Um, but now I'm using a different media. I no longer use brushes and pencils. I use a camera. And there's just so much to learn about um, shooting the video. And then you have to learn how to use software to edit the video. Which you still haven't answered my question. What would I be doing? What's the next thing, the big next production thing you'd like to do other than what you're already doing? Well, I want to. I want to. I want to focus on doing documentaries. Okay, that's really what I where I want to go with this. Mm-hmm. And you've already done a couple. I've done a couple. There were more interview than documentary right. so far. Well, yeah, but you know, my the one I did with John Lynch, I, I which I, I loved. It's on our website if you want to watch them and listen to them. You, on oneness-ministries.org. Good job. I know. The slash da- podcast. Slash pod, yeah. You'll There's find a it. podcast tab, mm-hmm. and then you just scroll down, and they're, and they're You'll listed. Find them. You'll find them. But I wanted to, and, and somebody I talked to about these mentioned this, I didn't want to go to John Lynch and then have him teach in this video. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. him questions mm-hmm. about his life, mm-hmm. about influences, about... Um, mistakes and successes I wanted to get in I wanted to get to know the man mm-hmm. because he presents himself as a storyteller and that's what I wanted to dig in dig into mm-hmm. what makes you a storyteller and he was also uh, a, a preacher and so how are those how do those two things mm-hmm. work together and you did. I mean, it's great. It's a three part, three parts, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to do things that are different. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm planning to interview Preston Gillum. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if, how many of you all know who Preston Gillum is, but he was one of the original members of AELM, which is now Network 220. And um, son of the son of um, I can't remember. I can't, um, just a minute, I'll get it. Bill. Bill Gillum, yes. The son of Bill I was hoping Gillum. you'd know. That's why I said it that way. Well, I was as I was talking about him, I was trying to remember his dad's name. Mm-hmm. But I I don't want I don't I don't want him to talk about his dad except mm-hmm. what you know, whatever he's comfortable with. But what we're gonna focus on is that he's a fly fisherman. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm not going on that trip. <laughs> so I want to talk about fly fishing mm. as basically an art form. Mm. and how that fits into our mission, which is Christ as life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, people try to keep things separate, you know, secular and, and sacred, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's not. It's life. It is, and art, I remember going to church a long time ago. It was a, it was a church I went to for a while, and they were really focused on art, and their argument was, for some reason, he said they said Christians should be the most creative people on the planet Absolutely. because we belong to the the Creator, um, and they did a lot of art things. They had lots of art in the in the hallways, mm. and they had like dancers come in, and it was really cool. So when you're focusing on what you just called the art of fly fishing or the art of uh, storytelling, storytelling or yeah. production, I mean mm-hmm. your art 
uh, background serves you very well with this. It does. You know, and then uh, stop doing that. I can't help it. It itched. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're blocking my shot. Oh. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point is, <laughs> there's a lot of art. I'll do it again if you're not careful. And you will pay <laughs> when you get home. So anyway, yes, anyway. anyway, life, the important of art, the importance of art, the importance mm. of art. And a lot of schools don't realize this, but art is a, is a tool for problem solving. Mm. It causes you to think outside of normal boxes. Mm -hmm. It causes you to be creative in the way you approach um, problem solving. Mm. That's why art is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and yet it's the first thing they remove when uh, budgets get low at most schools, mm. so it, I, I think that I think that that's a mistake. But anyway, mm -hmm. all of that to say, art is the thing that causes me to think outside of a box mm -hmm. and and to try to mm -hmm. to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we talk about is that. Um, you have the big picture you're the big artist you're the creative you're the big planner dreamer and i'm going and how are we going to do that because i'm the practical you're the one. practical one i like that's to call why it. i was the straight a student <laughs> that's right that's why i didn't do so well because i was a vision i was a visionary, visionary. <laughs> that's that we'll go with that yes because mm -hmm. it sounds much more productive <laughs> um yes so where were we going with that art is important <laughs> for life i think i it is well that's the beauty yep. and that's part of god's character yes. is beauty god is the mm -hmm. i create nothing mm. i get to express mm -hmm. or see things that god's created mm -hmm. and uh, express it on a surface or mm -hmm. in a podcast or mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever we're doing. And when you express it on a surface, you make sure that it matches our couch. No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, you don't. Just a joke. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, <clears throat> it's stuff that I had to put up with doing art shows. And people would look at a painting or a piece and they'd say, well, can you do one that matches my couch? <laughs> and I go, no, I can't. <laughs> Thanks for dropping by. Change your couch. <laughs> or just make it not match. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. Um, what else? What do you think people want to know about us that don't already know us? Okay, well, what? let me ask you a question. What motivates you? Fear. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing Enneagrams up here. We're doing an Enneagram up here at class right now, so... I'm relating everything to that. Do, in case you want to know, yeah, do you think I'm a six. No, do people know what an Enneagram is? If they, well, if they didn't, they need to go back and listen to the podcast on the three, all about Enneagrams with Marcy McConnell. It's great. Okay. It's a personality type, and um, a lot of people think that it's very, I don't know, not just secular, but some people think it's evil. But it's just, it's a, a way of, dis, of uh, identifying God's uh, character qualities in that he's placed in you and mm -hmm. what different type of personality and character you are mm -hmm. and and if you, any of you know what an enneagram is i bet you can pick what rick's is i'm very transparent yes you are yeah. okay he's a seven i'm seven <clears throat> and so you're a six i am 
a mind ruled by committee. (laughs) (laughs) My committee's loud, but I'm learning how to shut them down. Are you? I am. I am. I like how, you know, when we study the Enneagrams, we talk a lot about, we tend to focus on the neg- what we see as the negative parts mm-hmm. of us. And we can all, I think women are the worst about seeing the negative parts of us. And we have to not call it that. Mm-hmm. I think the parts in us that we don't like or that we struggle with are also the parts that make us more dependent on God. When we did the workshop, mm-hmm. and she described a seven, <laughs> um, here's what I, you want to know what I heard? You don't want to say what you said. Never mind, go ahead. No, I won't say what I said. Okay. But what I what I heard mm-hmm. was that I'm a guy who tries to cheer people up mm-hmm. and hates confrontation, mm. which translated into my mind, useless. Mm-hmm. What good am I? I mean, uh, cracking jokes, that, you know, gets old pretty fast. And Maybe. <laughs> I and signed the, up for it. And avoiding confrontation. <laughs> mm. That you can't you can't be a counselor and be passive or avoid confrontation. You can't do it. Because men can pick up on dishonesty mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Quickly, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, thank you. And you're a six mm-hmm. which means you have all these voices accusing you mm-hmm. of doing things wrong or well that's more the one but yeah. the six is what about this well what if this could happen and then this could happen so what are you going to do about that and are you prepared for tomorrow and what about this you got to do this mm-hmm. that's my committee so when you said and i know you i was were being joking, silly but probably it was more true than what you're letting on is that you're motivated by fear yeah that's I, that's I, that's sort of an undercurrent mm-hmm. for for yes it's an undercurrent and, and i'm motivated by not being put in a box mm-hmm. or not having to be mm-hmm. the same. I'm always mm-hmm. looking for a different way to do things. Mm-hmm. And is that good or bad? Well, depending. <laughs> but you also are a creature of habit. I do. I like routine. Mm-hmm. I do like routine. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, generally. It, that, and that's why Enneagrams don't put you in a box because right. it's just a guideline. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Go ahead. Sorry, what um, were you saying? I don't remember. Was now. it good? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't particularly good. Okay. <laughs> it was boring. It was boring. <laughs> oh, you were talking about you, how you thought when you first heard about. Oh, motivation. We're talking about motivation. Motivation, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm motivated by how easy is this going to be? Am I mm-hmm. going to be inconvenienced? Mm. And is it going to be the same as we did yesterday? Mm. Mm. And, that, and that's true. I, I, I need variety, yeah. but also I need routine. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds mm. kind of crazy, doesn't it? Well, I guess it's both. I mean, I think during the day or in your in your regular life or, you know, work or whatever. Regular life? Well, what I mean, does that mean? <laughs> can I finish? Please. <laughs> when we're here, when we're working, you're looking for new things. I mean... You spend hours on YouTube watching videos, learning how to do stuff. Yes. Um, when we watch The Chosen, which we both love to pieces, you're paying attention to the lighting and the smoke and the, you know, where they're standing and how did they do that? And you like the behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. but you also love the drama and the and the meaning and all of that. I, so I, love- I guess what I'm saying is, in in that part of your life, you like 
new and exciting and interesting and let me learn something new Mm -hmm. but like it's when you're done with that at the end of the day you're like i just want to go home and be quiet or just do what we do every night and we have this peaceful we have a very peaceful comfortable home yes so i think maybe that that's how you ground every maybe yes well i mean no 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 you're absolutely correct but what is going on most of the day is my mind is racing Mm-hmm. My mind is looking for different. My mind mm-hmm. is looking for um, expression. And at some point, I have to try and shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that's why routine mm-hmm. is important. Got it. Because that allows me to at least connect with something that is... Um, familiar. Familiar, non-challenging. Comfortable. And comfortable, mm-hmm. yep. And, you know, it, it, it affects everything. It affects what I eat. It affects what I drink. You mean the cheese and <laughs> jalapenos? It affects and... <laughs> what I watch on television because yeah. there's nothing more <laughs> unchallenging than a football game mm. or you know, any kind of sports. Or any shows about building things in the wilds of Alaska. Uh, yes, that is yes. so interesting. I have to confess, I love watching videos mm. on people building survival structures in the bush mm. yeah mm. i'll watch something not else that, while you watch that not that i would ever do that mm-hmm. but it's just okay how is he gonna how's he gonna make this dirty enough to hold all mm. the snow off of him so anyway man i can't wait to see <laughs> <laughs> so we don't always watch the same stuff no we don't <laughs> and i like to read a lot and you're not so much for uh, I, I mean I, not you don't like it like i do i don't i don't I don't read for recreation. Mm-hmm. I read for information. Well, I kind of do too. Yeah. I don't read a lot of fiction. Right. Um, mostly, most I rarely read fiction actually. But even when I was a little kid, I read all the time. Mm-hmm. I used to write stories. They got me. My parents got me a typewriter, a little portable typewriter, uh-huh. and I would just write stories all over the place. That's fun. So I did. I did all that. That's why I was so good in school because I was reading all the time. Well, let's let's uh, let's change this a little bit. What okay. caused you? What happened in your life to cause you to want to pursue Christ? Huh. Well, I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. so I was raised in church, so I knew who God was. Um, but it just felt like when you say you knew who God was, what was the picture? Well, of who He is, or what? What did you picture Him as being? Where's the crickets button? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> okay, enough for the crickets. <laughs> I should have put the bleep button on here <laughs> so I could bleep you. I bleep Pat all the time. Um, he was. It was like God, and he was up there, and he was sort of, you know, whatever. We had to follow him, and there was nothing personal about it. I knew what Jesus was for, and Holy Spirit, I had no idea, really. But, so... It, when I was in junior high, I had friends. I joined Youth for Christ because I thought, I'm a Christian, I'll go to Youth for Christ. Um, but I had friends that talked about God like they knew him and they liked him and it was exciting and they, it was personal. And, and at 12 years old, I was attracted and I was thinking about stuff like that. And before that, it was even like, okay, go to church, uh, you know. But I knew it was real. I just didn't 
like him very much, I guess. Anyway, so my friends and a couple of teachers took time out and explained to me what it looked like, basically, to know him and to be, to really be, um, to have Holy Spirit. Anyway, so, and then I just started, of course, reading more and more stuff and not just the Bible, but other books and stuff. And he be, he became real. He, I remember making a decision and just saying, I want this, whatever they have, God, I want that. <laughs> so that's the answer. It was a good one. Thank that's you. A good answer. Well, it was true. So. Yeah. Mm. And so you, you, you wanted a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You had no clue what that. No, I just wanted what they had. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you saw something different in them, and that, that sort of describes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how long before? Um, how do I ask this question? How long before that became not enough? Not enough. There, <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, uh, it it's it seemed it was good, but it always seemed like if this is it, it's still not quite. If if it's not here, then it's nowhere. This is as good as it gets, mm-hmm. um, because the you know life didn't quite work out, and what I was hearing in church didn't really fit. Um, I kept hearing what a awful person I was, and how I really had to struggle to do the right thing because I didn't really want to do the right thing, but I'm thinking, but I really do want to do the right thing. It just didn't match. I heard mixed messages and I just heard you're not good enough and he loves you, but you're still not really quite making the grade. Mm -hmm. And it just, I guess I sort of resigned myself to, well, they know more than I do and I guess this is all there is and I'll just keep trying Mm -hmm. because I never quit going to church. Till now. <laughs> rem- Is that a good answer? Oh, yes. Mm. That's a very good answer. I remember I, 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 I read the Bible a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading through the book of Hebrews. And there were verses in there that really touched me, but they weren't what I was hearing in church. Mm. Like, um, I will forgive <laughs> all their transgressions. I will forgive all their sins. Mm-hmm. I kept reading that in scripture. And yet from the pulpit, you would hear avoid sin, stop sinning. <laughs> Cause quit. that's what you really want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're a sinner, and, but you're saved by grace, but you still, you're still a sinner. You mm-hmm. still need to improve. And here are the things you need to do to get closer to God. And you just said, we tried those things. We tried very hard to be what we thought God wanted us to be and, and it never seemed enough. And it just wasn't consistent mm-hmm. with what I was reading in Scripture. And I don't know at that point in my life if I could have described mm what I was reading and how it was different. Mm -hmm. But I knew that what was in scripture was not consistent with what I was hearing from Bible teachers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How old were you then? I was in my late Mm twenties when I started struggling Mm -hmm. with, because I kept seeing in scripture that my sins were forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I kept hearing that I'm still a sinner. And that you had to keep asking. And you had to keep confessing. And you had to keep repenting. Mm Um, and <laughs> and then you would go to revivals. I would go, and to you'd re- be like, "I'm good now, boy. Me and God, we are good now." And uh, then it would wear off, and you'd go, "But where is this? 
wonderful Christian life that we're supposed to be having. Where is all this joy and yes. peace and acceptance? And okay, I keep hearing that, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it was a big struggle for me and I struggled yeah. with that till I was probably in my fifties. Mm-hmm. I just struggled with, and I, I, I went to church. I was at it. We went to the same church for 30 years mm-hmm. and I got to be honest, I never got much from it. Now, mm-hmm. I had relationships and friendships, mm-hmm. and I was, um, I, I, I became involved in camping ministry, and I loved doing that. And being at church allowed me to do that. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to learn how to cook mm-hmm. for, for in a camp setting. So I did that for a really long time because it connected me with people. Yeah. And that was very important to me because I wasn't um, connecting with God the way I thought I should have been because sin kept me separate. And, you know, I did some sinful things. I was, none of us felt like we were, per, well, none of us would could admit that we were perfect, mm. that we had been perfected in Christ because of what we had in our head and our behavior mm-hmm. and all of that stuff kept me from thinking I'm good enough to be a son of God. Now, I'm going to go to heaven, mm-hmm. but he'll have me in the lower chambers, <laughs> shoveling coal so their good people could stay warm. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be staying warm. You'll be staying warm because I'll be down there shoveling all that coal <laughs> into the but, into the furnaces. But we make the joke, it's not a joke, but we talk about religion versus relationship. Uh-huh. And that's really what you and I and a lot of other Christians experience in, in churches is mm-hmm. it's do this, try harder, be this, mm-hmm. instead of learning who we already are. Um, Holy Spirit, we are not taught to live for really. Right. It's lip service to living by Holy Spirit more right. than accurately, uh, actually. Um, because if you know you are made perfect because you are his child, yes. then um, you the behavior comes out of knowing that instead of the other way around. That's what changes behavior. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And so... It was, uh, I mean, I figured you were getting there. Both of us took a, uh, a Bible study class in different times at different places. Um, called, it was called Be Transformed, uh-huh. and it was great. And it was the first time I ever went, holy cow, this makes sense. This makes sense. This is who I am. This is who God is. It's completely different than what I thought. And there, and that's what made the difference for me. I, I, I did. I, I took be transformed three times well you were in the dumb class i was in the dumb. <laughs> after all <laughs> but i just made fun of it yeah. and and be transformed is good material but the way it was presented mm-hmm. was lame uh, this is a long time ago yeah it was lame it was hokey and i'm going mm. this is the same crap that i heard and that i've heard my whole life well, Simply in, because of the way it was presented. Right. The, the way tr- it was presented was. Yes. It was a video. Yeah. Yeah. And then I took pneumonetics. Mm-hmm. Pneumonetics is what changed me. Mm-hmm. Or and that pneumonetics was, is what made me realize that Christ had actually changed me. That was your aha. That was my aha. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much be transformed on steroids. Yes. It, it was a yes. class that we both took 
yes. separately. And and the teachers that we had at that time were really really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything in person is much better. Anyway. Yes. So. And it challenged me. Mm-hmm. It challenged me to um, look at scriptures from a relational point of view rather than um, uh, an intellectual point of view. Mm. Because you can intellectually mm-hmm. ascend and still not be ascent. in ascent and still not be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then you can realize that Christ is in you and you can't send him out and that makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. because I'm acceptable regardless of my behavior Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of changed my attitude about my behavior. And in the end, it changes your behavior as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do with when clients come here Yes, is we tell them who they really are and tell them who God really is mm-hmm. and help them understand that and and embrace that. And then usually whatever they've come in with starts to get better because either, and, and even if the circumstance doesn't change, the way they deal with the things in their life changes. It does. And that's why it's so much, it's so important to not focus on the behavior. Because it becomes to me an issue of, yes, I'm forgiven by God. Now, can I be forgiven by me? Mm-hmm. Can I live in that forgiveness? Can I accept my forgiveness mm-hmm. and grow out of the realization that God loves me in spite of what I've done or what I'm doing or even what I will do? Mm-hmm. That's a huge re- mm-hmm. realization. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do too. Mm-hmm. And... Yes. In our next episode, <laughs> we'll go deeper into that. <gasps> Will we? Yes. Oh, you should probably start. The oh, should I start the music? <laughs> Can you tell this is our first one? Yes. There we go. Ah, that is good. That is so good. <laughs> So, you know, if you turn tune in next time, you can just skip over all the talking and just listen to the, listen music, to the music, the beginning and the end. And it's just really good. So, Thank you guys for listening to yeah. us. Yeah. I enjoy talking to my wife, mm-hmm. as you can tell, but I also enjoy sharing these conversations with you guys. Yeah. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. Yeah. So stick with us. We've got a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about. And, uh. Should we tell them later or tell them now? Let's tell them later. Okay. You'll have to come back. (laughs) I'm Rick. I'm Lori. And we are out. (laughs) See ya.